And welcome to Illegal Moves with Liz and Taylor. Where we're covering sports from the field to the court. Liz, what's up? Um, <laughs> I heard some things are going down at University of Michigan, but, uh... Yeah, yeah, you know, they've had, uh, they've had an interesting week. They've had an interesting week, interesting month, honestly, interesting year. Um, and uh, they can't seem to get their stuff right. And uh, honestly, funny enough, I, I mean, we were sitting down ready to record this two hours ago. Um, and news broke literally like two hours ago. And so we we kind of paused uh, what we were going to do, regrouped a little bit, read some more. Uh, because this story, uh, honestly, this is one of those stories that's going to get fascinating by the day, kind of until it's over. Yeah. yeah. So it's definitely, it's going to be, oh, and there's so many moving parts in this. And so this one's going to be a little bit different from our first episode, which yes. I feel like was very legal heavy. And, you know, this one is definitely going to be a lot of talk about more of the sports side of things. There's some legal stuff to talk about, of course. Why would it be on the podcast otherwise? But obviously, um, I am very excited to talk about it. But I think since you're the sports guy, this episode, I think you should give the facts of the stats. Start it off, kick us off. Absolutely, would love to. So uh, we are talking about the University of Michigan Wolverines football team. That's where our focus goes in. So just a, a few things about them: they are the winningest program in NCAA history. Uh, they have 999 wins. Literally, they're going for their 1,000th win tomorrow with all this Jesus. going on. They'll be the first team ever to reach 1,000 wins. So 999. Like the first team within this conference or ever? Ever. No NCAA team has ever won it, never reached 1,000 wins. And oh. this is going on. That's a part of it, too. Yeah. So no big deal. Uh, they are 999, 353, and 36. Back when football used to have ties, we don't do that shit anymore. They have 11 claimed national titles, the last being in 97. They have played in 50 bowl games, 21 and 29 in those games. Two playoff appearances uh, the last two seasons. Three Heisman winners, 87 consensus All-Americans. They also, here's a fun fact for you, have the largest stadium in the United States, the Western Hemisphere, and the third largest in the world. Uh, Michigan Stadium, a.k.a. the Big House, can seat uh, just over 107,000 people. Good So, God. I think I am comfortable saying Michigan football is kind of a big deal. It uh, sounds... It sounds like I'm kind of a big deal. It's yeah. Like the first day of that. But yeah, exactly. no, yeah. that's... It really... This is wild to hear about because obviously we've been talking about this and following what's been going on in the news but i don't really know any i've told you before i'm not big on football i'm very much a big big fan of basketball um with college football all i know is support the memphis tigers because i am a tiger that's that's about all you, I got you, you they they took your money yes i'll cheer for you fine yeah mm-hmm. yeah exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah so um, so this is interesting but Switching gears from that, so we have established that Michigan is a huge deal. Let's talk about the coach. Yeah, so uh, their coach is Jim Harbaugh. He's been there since 2015. Uh, I'm a Chicago Bears fan, uh, unfortunately, some days. Uh, Jim Harbaugh, former former Chicago Bear, uh, really uh, came to the program after uh, a stint in the NFL. It was a very, uh, you know, uh, kind of a huge get, honestly, for, for Michigan to get a guy like that. And he is 80 and 25 um, since he took over. Um, now, I'm going to point out in that record, because I, I found it interesting, um, pre these allegations, which we'll get into, uh, he was 49 and 22. Not a bad record by any means. Not a bad record by any means. It's a winning record. Yeah, um, but that, uh... However, post these allegations, which started in uh, alleged to have started in 2021, he is 29 and 3 with two college football playoff appearances. And I'd like to point out that their defense, the last uh, three years, including this year, were ranked eighth, seventh, and now first. They own the best defense um, uh, in college football. I'm not exactly sure which metric they're using. I think um, uh, it may be DVOA, 
which we won't get into, Liz, don't worry. Uh, but they are they are allowing, I believe, the fewest points per game uh, in uh, uh, in college football right now. And, and that is uh, pretty unbelievable. You, you could say, and guys, we're, we're not going to get into it. You could talk about their schedule and how it maybe it hasn't been as difficult, although I think they played, I mean, they played some okay teams yeah, that maybe underperformed. Um, what, what that's people... a bigger college football issue okay. almost and, and level of competition, um, which, uh, the new big 10, which ha- happens next year, um, you're going to be playing some pretty good teams, uh, all throughout the season, but, um, that's maybe a, another story for another day or another time. But, um, uh, suffice to say, Michigan's a good football team. They're a real good football team. They can do the football thing better than most. Yeah, uh, that has become very clear. <laughs> yes. And I could see, well, also why this is such a big deal. And so, like, getting into what's been going on that is sports, and we're getting into quasi-legal stuff here, is the drama, which started on August 23rd, where Coach Harbaugh got a three-game suspension for sign-stealing, or no, excuse me, for recruiting violations. Yes. And the second... The second time he was dinged was on November 10th. So that was the most recent, and that was for sign stealing. So going back to August 23rd, Taylor, I, is that the one that you said where he, it was um, a self-imposed? Yes. So uh, back in January, the NCAA uh, announced that they had launched an investigation uh, into Jim Harbaugh and the University of Michigan for recruiting violations, uh, specifically during the a, a COVID dead period where you weren't allowed to go recruit, uh, that he funny enough t- took some recruits to a, a restaurant and bought him a burger. Uh, so it's kind of, they're like, uh, what's all this beef about has kind of been the joke about it. But, uh, he and recruited, to be clear recruiting violations as far as the NCAA rules. Uh, so there, there are just various things of like who you, who you can talk to and when you can talk to them. Or no, I'm saying it's the NCAA. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. This is the NCAA. And, this is an NCAA rule. Because when we get into the legally messy stuff, <laughs> that's going to be important. So, yeah. 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 So this is, in, yeah. yes, they're violating, he's violating. Into it. Now, now, funny enough, what they're upset about is the fact that um, he did not cooperate with their investigation um, into this particular thing. So um, it, it appears um, that, that it's a level two violation, but they're saying uh, that it could potentially be a level one violation uh, because of what he did. And actually just, just so folks can see, uh, I'm going to actually show you. So this is from the NCAA, their level one, their level two, and their level three um, violations, right? So uh, one being the worst, uh, three being not so good. Um, and just, I want everyone to keep in mind two two really important things. So, uh, the in level one, the lack of institutional control, and in level two, the failure to monitor. Those are really really important, um, and, and are going to come up later um, when when we go to this. So, um, so that is actually that inv- investigation still ongoing. Uh, the self imposed thing was to kind of. You'll see teams do this. They want to, I don't know, placate is probably the right word, uh, the yeah. NCAA, and say, hey, you know what? You're right. You know, we, we, we really shouldn't have done that. But look, we're uh, we're going to, we're going to, you know, suspend our coach because of what he did uh, for the first three games to hopefully stop the NCAA from wanting to impose further sanctions and go, okay, well, yes, you are guilty of this, but you know, uh, kind of time served deal, right? Uh, we're not going to levy any further penalties on you. Now, this this particular suspension, which is the last three games of the season, including last week, this week, and next week, is from the Big Ten, not the NCAA. And I think that's very important clarification to make. This yes. is a Big Ten suspension. Yes. Uh, so. So that's where we are. But I wanted to ask you, because we talked about, okay, so I mentioned November 10th. I mentioned it was for sign stealing. For all of the novices out there like myself, what in the hell is sign stealing, Taylor? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so sign stealing. Um, so in college football, um, one of the very big different, uh, big, big different, that makes all the sense of the world. Uh, 
things between that and the NFL is how plays are called to the players on the field, right? So in the NFL, uh, you have in-helmet communication. So me as the coach, you know, I, I click on, right? I'm calling into the quarterback, you know, whatever the play may be. Uh, and then the quarterback calls it to the team. In college football, that does not happen. They do not have the in-helmet communication. So to call a play, they're either going to give a number, like you'll see like a wristband on players, right? They'll like, look, everybody's yeah. looking down, right? That's because they've called a number, okay? Uh, or they may give uh, certain uh, hand gestures, right? You know, kind of coming across, you know, hitting here, right? And each, you know, they each have their own meaning of what that play may be, what route to run, what defense to run on both sides of the ball. Uh, you'll also see pictures. So if you're ever watching a game and you see like random pictures on the sideline, you'll see like, you know, Donald Duck and uh, a tire and all those mean something to the players on the field. It's like a, it's like a code, like a, like a coded language. Or it something is, like it that. is, it's a coded language. So to try to decipher that um, teams could try to steal signs. Now here is where we've got to, we're going to go through it. I'm going to give you some, some, uh, I'm going to give you some legal jargon, Liz. Um, uh, from Exciting. what the NCAA deems illegal. So, uh, bylaw 11.6.1 states that off-campus, in-person scouting of future opponents in the same season is prohibited, except as provided in bylaws 11.6.1.1 and 11.6.1.2. Um which deal with uh, uh, the same event at a same site or conference or NCAA championships, but we won't have to really get into that too much. So what they are alleged of doing is going, sit, having someone physically go to a stadium where two teams are playing and they are not one of those teams and watch the sideline, film the sideline, to watch them and what they're doing and how it correlates to the field, and then going back and using that to try to decipher what the team is doing. So they're going to pull a Toros when they went to the Clovers, and Big Red was recording all of their cheer routines, and Gabrielle it, Union was like, bitch. Exactly. It's, it's, it's honestly, it's the exact same thing. I don't even care how stereotypical it is that I just compared that to like a bubblegum cheerleading movie. No, no, I think that's, I think it's great. Um, and I think, I think that essentially like really that is what happened. Um, and it's alleged and it is alleged right now. There is the NCAA is investigating, uh, that he, this particular defensive assistant, his name is Connor Stallions, uh, who has since resigned, uh, from his position on the Michigan staff, that he was going to various stadiums. He had a network of people who would go to these stadiums to look at uh, future opponents they had, potentially even possible future college football playoff opponents, which is crazy. Uh, also, one of the weird ones, and I really hope they figure this out in the investigation, uh, he is also being accused of being on the sideline at the Central Michigan-Michigan State game, wearing Central Michigan gear, with credentials to be on the sideline with like a hat and sunglasses on for a night game. Okay. You're not Dion. You don't get to wear sunglasses at night. This um, is like some Looney Tunes shit. It's, like it's yeah. Um, it's and now, now, now a lot of people are going to say you and this, I, I'm sure if we get some sports folks, we'll see this comment. Everybody steals signs. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask. Like if you, you know, so it's one thing to steal credentials, all that. Yes. And I'm sure you'll get into that. But I would assume that a certain amount of sign stealing is okay, because what if you were just playing against a team and watched them and you could figure out and decipher their signs from just Correct. picking and, up patterns? Right. And and scouting of teams is a thing that everyone does. Um, you're going to, you're obviously, you're going to watch game film on your opponent to see what they're doing. That's fine. Uh, you can, uh, basically every team has, uh, there's a, uh, there's a company that provides, uh, they call it the All-22. Uh, so it is a, um, a camera. You, you'll essentially, they'll show uh, like the time, score, down to distance, and then they'll show the play uh, like you were up in the press box, right? Like okay. you were watching down on the field. You can, any you can get that. Anybody can watch All-22. You're going to watch game film because that's how you scout. That is fine. Those films may be, uh, maybe you would see something on the sideline, but you actually see a lot of teams, um, 
uh, if you're watching a game and you see a big bed sheet go up and you're like, what the hell is going on? They're actually covering up their coaches. So like, imagine the camera's up behind me, big yeah. bed sheet goes up. I give my sign and then the, and then it comes down. Right. So you can't see it. Okay. So even if you had the film, you're not necessarily going to see what's happening on the sideline. This is being on the other side of the field and recording something on your own. That is not allowed. Now you can be standing on the sideline and looking over and going, Hey coach, you know, every time he does that thing, uh, the X receiver runs a go route. Like, yeah. I think, I think that's what that means. Okay. Well, I guess we'll look out for it. Right now. Risk reward there. If they change their sign, you're screwed. Right. So that is fine. Watching game film, doing all that, scouting an opponent that way, totally fine. It's this off-campus, in-person scouting that is the issue. That That is the thing. That is the big, you know, to-do for this whole thing. Uh, and that they were, you know, recording. And so, so as well, the rulebook states, quote, any attempt to record, either through audio or video means, any signals given by an opposing player, coach, or other team personnel is prohibited, right? Okay. So that is what we are talking about here. We are talking and that's about pretty clearly stated in the rules. Like it's, I, it's yeah. And, and that, and this is not a new rule. Um, just, just so everyone here knows, uh, this was effective for the 1994 season. That is when this okay. was done. The reason that this exists is because the NCAA felt that certain teams didn't have the budget. Uh, or capability to go scout teams. So to make it a level playing field, no one gets to do it. Because I very easily, there are teams that could go advance scout, no problem. Uh, they have the money, they have the capability, they could do it. Especially if you're the winningest team <laughs> exactly. out there with exactly. the largest stadium in the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> exactly. Where a, a team like uh, Samford, Right, like they're not going to be able to do that. Like, yeah. uh, or hell, uh, uh, there was a now I can't remember exactly. There was a school. Uh, they were watching game film in their showers uh, because they didn't have a big enough room for a game film. Now they've actually got some money donated, and they're going to build a, a game film room. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah, Michigan is not like that. A lot of, and I feel like a lot of people will say like, oh, well, if they're so good and they are winners and and et cetera, et cetera, and they have the money you know, shouldn't they be allowed to do what they want? It's not their fault. They're so successful, blah, blah, blah. Why does everybody else have to lower themselves? To which my response would be, these, this, the, I know this is going to probably uh, make some asses itch, but really it's not about football or sports. This is college. (laughs) These are colleges and universities. These are students. These are students coming in. Really what the main mission of any college university should be. Does not always pan out that way, especially with all the stuff we're going to talk about in a minute about the legal chokehold that sports has on America. Um, It should be about educating Elevating these students, giving them equal opportunity, giving them a chance so that they can, you know, set themselves up for success long term in life. Because, Taylor, I don't know if you know this off the top of your head, but how, what, about what percentage of college football athletes will actually go to the NFL? Oh, Lord. It's like, um, so let's see. Well, let's put it this way there are 133 schools that play college football. Um, there are, oh, uh, let's say there's like about 70, I think they, I think they can have about 70 players. Let's say there's roughly 9,300 players. Um, there are, so let's say there's roughly somewhere between probably nine and 10,000 college football players. There are on rosters, not including practice squad, all that, uh, 1,664 players in the NFL. That's what I'm talking about. Like, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the way that sports is so integrated into these colleges and universities is is how they get a ton of their money that's really supposed to help them invest in their academics in the first place. Like, we know that there's colleges who depend on running based on what they get from their from the sports that they're involved in, right? Like, absolutely, that's just absolutely, the way it is. and that helps not just with their athletic department, but 
you know, a lot of times all of their facilities, bringing in their students, like a lot of these, you know, these students come in and yes, they're on like a sports scholarship or something. And yes, they're there to play sports. And it'd be awesome if they're one of the small percentage of people to go pro, these college football players to go into the NFL. But, but the vast majority of them, they're going to have to go into the world, like have a career, have a job, all that. Yes, and so, yes. and so it just, it makes sense to me that they would have this rule in place, like you said, to level the playing field, because at the end of the day, we are dealing with colleges and universities and students, yes, especially the, those who are just fresh out of high school. For, for, uh, you know, and I think, I think you're right. And it's, it's one of those issues of there is so much money involved in it um, that people forget this is an amateur sport. Yeah. Um, this, you know, and, and yeah, I, I know there's NIL and stuff, but this is not, this is not a professional league. Yes. I, I know it looks like it, uh, you know, hell you go to a, a high school football game in Texas. They have, there's, there's high schools in Texas that have larger stadiums than some colleges, right? It's this, yeah. it's just this like wild inherent way of life now, it seems. And then, I mean, you see parents losing their shit at like a peewee football league game. Oh yeah. Throwing a fit, screaming, cussing, stomping, throwing up, crying, sliding down the wall over some like six year olds playing football. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Now I'm at, yeah, yeah. Now take that and you know, obviously the amount of money you can bet, right, on college football. Uh and just just the wild I mean, again, uh, you know, these massive stadiums, right? Massive fan bases, massive T V rights deals. Um, yes. you know, we have the super conferences that are starting now. Uh, I mean, it is like the, the NCAA and the big 10 can say all they want. It's all about student athletes. Um, honestly, it's hard sometimes when you know how much money is being generated, uh, by these kids. It's why, it's why NIL has become so popular and, um, and yeah, wanted, we'll do a whole episode on NIL because yeah. Yeah, because it's it is it it will be a whole episode. It will be more than one episode, honestly, probably yeah. uh, just with with all the various things. But uh, but you know, to, to get back to it and and to to get back to Michigan, um, they it it seems it seems pretty cut and dry that that if they did this thing, then yes, they they broke a rule, and they're going to be penalized for it. Um, now that's the NCAA, and uh, if you don't know. Uh, the NCAA takes forever to do investigations. We are still, we are, st we, they still haven't levied, um, you know, their ruling on this Harbaugh thing, a thing that happened like in 2020 or 21, they talked about it this year. We're still waiting on that. So th it's, it's not going to happen. So it sounds like However, they have that in common with the traditional legal system we have in the United States, because I believe the average time it takes to resolve a lawsuit it's like seven years or something. Yeah. So okay, now uh, and, and I don't know, you know what its real world counterpart would be, uh, but the Big Ten kind of has some different rules they get to play by. Um, and you mentioned that suspension that was from the Big Ten. Uh, the Big Ten yes. levied the suspension, not the NCAA, because uh, they are saying that Jim Harbaugh or, or the University of Michigan, right, uh, violated the sportsmanship policy. Of yes, the and Big so Ten. just to be clear with our listeners, the August 23rd, August 23rd violation, the recruiting violations, that was the self-imposed three-game suspicion, suspension from Michigan. Mm -hmm. But the November 10th um, suspension for sign-stealing, right? Correct, so that, yes. that came from the Big Ten. So that's what we're talking about. So we've got three entities that I just want to go and be clear about. You've got Michigan, which is the school. Okay. You've then got Big Ten and then NCAA. And the way I think about it legally is like, and that's an order of authority, right? So NCAA is at the top. Then you've got Big Ten. Then you've got the University of Michigan, which is a member of Big Ten. So Taylor, if you want, I can go ahead and talk about all the wonderful things I found out about Big Ten. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Because that, this is... Uh... And, and also, I, I want to say, and one of the reasons at, at this, what I enjoy about this is this is a weird legal thing where technically 
Michigan didn't break any laws, right? Like nothing they're doing, like nothing in the world of law in the real world out here. They didn't break any rules, um, but they broke a nonprofit organization's bylaws, right? In relation to that, and uh, I just I, I I find it absolutely fascinating. So let's get into yeah what the what the Big Ten thinks about uh, not being a good sportsman. So for those who don't know, the Big Ten is the oldest Division I collegiate athletic conference, the conference being the universities and colleges that are members of the Big Ten. They are members of them. And so the best way that I can break this down is reading through all of this and how they're set up is very much like business law, um, a corporation. They, I, I think that is the best way to describe them. Uh, do want to point out that I am by no means an expert in business law. Uh, the Shelby County mayor, who was my professor, can attest to the fact that I did okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just, um, uh, yeah. How did she do? Seymour, I quote, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Don't, don't mean to just shout you out randomly, Mayor Lee Harris, but he can confirm that I did okay. Didn't just knock it out the park. <laughs> yeah. Not a touchdown. So. <laughs> Anyways, um, but I know enough to look at this and see how their rules are set up, how their organization is set up and go, okay, this reminds me of my BizOrgs law class. That's exactly what it reminds me of. And that got me and Taylor talking about how these are, these are, these are basically money-making corporations. I mean, that's kind of what it comes down to. It's about making money. And yes. the Big Ten, they all have, like, if you go to page, I believe it's page 47 of their Big Ten handbook. It lays out their entire um, legislative authority. Does not mean like, you know, the state of Michigan passing a law or the, you know, Congress passing a law, not that kind of legislative authority. The legislative authority is in the rulemaking authority within their organization, how they're able to vote, all of the bylaws that Taylor mentioned there. And so you've got, again, Michigan, which they have their university policies when it comes to their athletics. And again, Big Ten, is, this is all just for the athletics, not the university as a whole. So you've got, big, you've got University of Michigan. They have their policies. Those policies cannot override Big Ten. And Big Ten cannot override NCAA. And so the best way to describe that is it's like United States Congress, uh, state legislator, like legislature, and then, like, local city council. So that is kind of how I would want people to think about it in their minds when they're thinking about who has the most authority and how this flows. So um, in Big Ten, the rule that is in play here is uh, Rule 32. And it says the Big Ten can either initiate an investigation or the NCAA can initiate an investigation if they find there's been a violation. Um, and then Big Ten doesn't have the authority to discipline anyone who's violated any of the NCAA rules until the NCAA has finished its investigation. And in rule 32.2 C, the NC, when the NCAA has initiated the investigation, the conference can add on more penalties only after cooperating with the NCAA investigation and after, you know, whatever action the NCAA has already taken. So this violation that happened on november 10th and the um the suspension for the three games and why michigan decided to challenge that and said the big 10 you know they went to court an actual court <laughs> um how they got into switching over from this like quasi-legal not really legal kind of institution corporate thing and got into a courtroom it's basically contract law that's that's what it is they're, they're going to say that there's a breach of contract there's a breach of their agreement. Um, that's what it comes down to. That sort of business law concept. That so not really anything special. It's not like the NCAA is going to court on some special authority because they have some special power. It's just like with anybody else. If there's a contract violation there, because this is all what they're yeah yeah Michigan to. Um, yeah Michigan tried to basically uh, the, the president of the university talked to Tony uh, Petiti, who's the commissioner of the Big Ten, and said, look. I really don't think you should do anything because if you yeah. do, uh, it'll set a bad precedent. And he was yeah. like, well, and, and there's a lot of, uh, again, there was a lot of pressure from every other big 10 school, which by the way, um, the one thing the big 10 can't do is count. 
there are 14 teams um, in the Big Ten, and as of next year, there'll be 18. So okay, to be fair, they're talking about the 10 schools that started it all. Yeah, I know, though, right? I know. It's just, a, it's just, a, you know, it's just, it's a but thing. It's just, it's just a ticky tag. It's just ticky tag thing. Um, but they they try to say, hey, like you don't, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do this. And, and I will say, uh, a little shitty of the Big Ten. They announced this last week. Um, while Michigan was on the plane flying to their game to Penn State, I I, I do that's that's not very cool. Uh, so they found yeah. out literally like on the plane, but they were on top of this because they had a tw- it was like a twenty page document that they brought to whatever the court was in Michigan, and, and I found it weird because I I didn't know, and maybe you can help me with this. Like, so they they were they were fire it, filing excuse me a temporary restraining order. I guess against the Big Ten for being able to try to, yeah, suspend him. Yep, yep, that's what it was. And so I don't know exactly because they settled. So we'll get to that in a minute. Yes, of how yes. It, how it ended. So I don't know exactly what the arguments would have been in the end, but this is what I'm guessing based on looking at the rules, understanding the contracts, the contract law implications, and how they're set up. My guess is Big Ten said. We're bringing this three-game suspension, which, by the way, was like the remaining regular season games. So, of course, that's got everybody in a tizzy. Mm, um, very much so, especially with the game next week. Yes. The and game. The game. <laughs> and uh, they said, we're we're doing this under the sportsman-like conduct policy, right? But my guess is what Michigan is going to come back with and why Michigan is bringing this, um, just to be clear, it, it's it's Harbaugh, right? Because it's against Harbaugh. Why Michigan is bringing this is Harbaugh is essentially an agent of the University of Michigan. He works for them. He represents them. So that's why you see Michigan bringing this on his behalf, just to explain that. Um, so Michigan is likely going to argue, no, no, no. <laughs> this falls under that Rule 32 that I just laid out that says you can't give any sort of penalty until the NCAA has finished its investigation and already decided its action and it hasn't done that so you have to wait and so i don't know how that would have turned out it would have been interesting to see but we're not going to find that out because they settled and that happened what today taylor right about well, so, so that happened uh late yesterday now late yesterday now what here's <laughs> and then yeah so so basically uh, uh everyone did we we recorded our first episode uh last week uh, I know you're not supposed to like break the window. It was recorded. It was recorded last Friday, and so last Friday we get out with the episode. I'm like, look, we 100% are doing Harbaugh Michigan next week because this this uh, ruling came down from the Big Ten. They were trying to file a, a temporary restraining order to get him to coach sat last Saturday uh, against Penn State. They didn't go through, and it was all set up for today, which is Friday, November 17th. And late, kind of later yesterday. Uh, story comes out that uh, Jim Harbaugh is accepting his suspension. Michigan is dropping their uh, court uh, case, and the Big Ten is ending their investigation. All this happened real quick, which real I was quick. like, "What? What the hell?" Um, and they uh, and uh, they filed it. Uh, is it is it without prejudice? Is that is that correct, Liz? They filed it with prejudice or with prejudice, so, meaning. They're not going to, or the, the, excuse me, the, the court dismissed it with prejudice is what it means. And so that means that they cannot come back and file that same claim. Yeah. So, so, so that's done. Yeah. Without so we, prejudice is what happens when um, the court says we're dismissing it for now, but if new facts, new whatever, gotcha. you know, you fix your pleadings, blah, blah, yeah. blah, like you can come back. And, and throughout, I, I think also, if, and again, if you haven't been following this, the, one of the big things during this whole thing has been how adamant uh the university of michigan and jim harbaugh has been that you know uh we're gonna fight this and uh you know this is uh you know this is wrong and uh you know we we believe in and what it means to be a michigan man and uh you had the team last week after so harbaugh gets suspended all the players were tweeting you know bet and now they went out last week and beat penn state great you got the win that's awesome um but they everyone's taking it i mean now there's been a total shift of how they are treating this case. Um, Cause the tone was very like, we're going to fight this now. It's, you know, Hey, we'll, um, 
we'll, we'll, we'll work with you. What do you, what do you, what do you want to know? Like, that's what it feels like to me. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just a complete shift. And uh, I had mentioned we were going to record this podcast and then some news came out. Uh, so this was as of seven uh, o'clock Eastern uh, today, um, uh, breaking uh, on ESPN. Uh, uh, Pete Thamel, one of the writers who's been been really covering this, uh, definitely, you know, kind of follow what he's doing. You really keep up with this. Um, but apparently, Liz, uh, Michigan uh, found out some stuff um in regards to this investigation so um just gonna just gonna just share a little bit of this so um obviously they were preparing this week to challenge uh the right uh the big ten's right to suspend the coach um and um it all backed up and then they also uh today fired their linebackers coach chris partridge now sources are saying that michigan obtained some evidence this week suggesting that a university booster helped fund the impermissible sign stealing operation run by former staff member Connor Stallions. They also received evidence that suggested that Partridge was tampering with the ongoing investigation. So we were talking about money. Um, yes. And uh, boosters. So. So, right. So in the NFL, right, the money comes from the owner and their revenue and the NFL revenue shares. Also, uh, college football uh, does rely heavily on boosters. Um, it's a way for them to get money. Uh, if you saw uh, Jimbo Fisher was fired by Texas. This is actually quite funny. Jim, Jimbo Fisher was fired by Texas A&M. Uh, he had a fully guaranteed contract. So they owed him seventy six million dollars. They owe him seventy six million. Doesn't matter. Uh, at the apparently at the game uh, during halftime, they like presented a check like to the school for like one hundred and sixty million dollars, like these boosters did. And apparently, that included the money they were giving the school to say, "Yeah, it's okay to fire Jimbo Fisher." Just, Holy <laughs> crap! That that's is, what they're saying. I it's if that that's true, like, that's great. That's uh, that is gangsterous move. Right. So, uh, you know what? 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 They're if it's because here's the thing too, uh, right? It's it would it would probably be hard for them to say Jim Harbaugh knew about it. Uh, there would have right. to be, I guess, you would have to find evidence of emails, probably of like, yes, go to Ohio State this weekend and film their sideline, sign Jim Harbaugh. Right? He's not going to do that. Um, which is where that uh, lack of institutional control and lack of monitoring comes into play because uh, if they can, if they can't prove that he was part of it, it'll probably say, Hey, that's a lack of monitoring. That's a level two violation, which obviously is not as bad. Uh, But now you have a booster go like, who did the booster go to? Who, who was he? You know, did he find this Connor guys? Like, Hey Connor, you seem like a nice young man. You want to do this thing? That's insane to me. Like this, this yeah. whole thing. This whole thing is insane. It's um, messy, messy, and then like, <laughs> yeah. So, so they're 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 saying you know the university leadership they're shifting their tone right because I think I think at this point they realize that um there there seems to be some mounting evidence here uh, and. That honestly, at this point, and it was we, we talked about the self-imposed uh, suspension earlier this year. Self-imposed sanctions from teams are a way of them avoiding further penalty. Um, so, you know, there's wind of this coach that he was um, uh, apparently um, going to um, players and other members of the staff discussing the ongoing investigation, which is. It is a no-no. And that was uh, Partridge, right? That was Partridge. Yeah. Probably shouldn't do that. Also a source saying he tried to obstruct the investigation by destroying potential evidence. Right. Um, so Yahoo Sports uh, first reported that. Uh, so the university, quote, received evidence that you, so this is uh, in the uh, termination letter to Partridge, quote, received evidence that you have failed to abide by the university directive not to discuss an ongoing NCAA investigation with anyone associated with Michigan football 
or others, and as a result has determined you have failed to satisfactorily perform your duties. End quote. And so what I told Taylor that's interesting there is I would love to look at these employment contracts because I'm just wondering what they, I mean, they've got to have some sort of detail in there, right? About fireable offenses. What, what do they have that they can take this action? Because when we looked up the violations and the level of violations, it doesn't say that any of them lead to an automatic termination. It doesn't say recommended termination. It doesn't say after so many violations, this, that, there's nothing there. Really. To be honest with you, when I saw the levels and Taylor telling me what's worse and what's not as bad meant nothing to me because I saw absolutely no penalties outlined. There there was there was just nothing. It seems to be so, very broad. So that's the thing too. So it is not um and I don't uh you you can probably speak on this, you know, it, there is a law, right? I don't you know, a state has a law that says you can't steal a car. And I don't right. know, there's probably corresponding levels of penalties for that you know whether it's jail time or fines or whatever it may be mm-hmm. um there are violations that you can commit there are no set penalties for those violations um that you know that could be uh they could take scholarships away they could say you're not allowed to play in a bowl game this year uh, which costs right. the school revenue uh you could say your head coach is suspended but there is no black and white you did this. This is what you get. That doesn't happen. Right. And and that is part of where the self-imposed sanctions come from. There's also the show cause uh, uh, side of things where a school. Yeah, you mentioned that on the phone. Yeah, and it's, which that was interesting. Yeah. So we were talking about, um, you know, Chris Partridge not being a member of the University of Michigan anymore. Well, how could the NCAA, you know, further investigate him or kind of force him to be a part of the investigation? Because, again. Yes. They're not the they're not the law. They're not Right. They and don't I asked have Taylor this like specifically because I was like, wait, but did they fire him to get him out of the way to cover up something else? Because maybe they did that so then he no longer is bound to give any more information. But then Taylor right. is telling yeah. me about So this. so so the show cause um deal, so the way it works is um so Jeremy Pruitt is the most recent example. He was the head coach of University of Tennessee. He was fired. He has a six-year show cause penalty uh, imposed upon him. So essentially, any school that would want to hire him in a position would have to either prove to the NCAA that um, they shouldn't, they should be okay with us. You know, you should be okay with us hiring him because uh, we have these uh, uh, things in place. These won't happen again, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Otherwise, wherever that coach goes, there are penalties that the school could face in relation to that person's part. So I have a, uh, Jeremy Pruitt has a recruiting violation at Tennessee. You know, Colorado State hires him. Well, Colorado State is now potentially going to have sanctions imposed upon them because of something he did at another school. So could be a thing where this guy, you know, uh, potentially if he, if he was now, there's no evidence right now to say he was part of the sign ceiling portion, but if he were potentially the NCAA could say, all right, well, either you're going to cooperate with us or you're, we're going to impose sanctions upon you specifically, and you won't be able to coach for another school for X amount of years. So there's, there is some power that they have even even though technically he's no longer an employee of one of their schools, they do still have some power um, in how they can, you know, potentially uh, hamstring his future. And that makes a lot of sense of how they're going to, you know, they try to wield that because this gets into how one-sided this can become when it comes to the NCAA and the authority that they have. So like we said, they're not the law. And uh, they're very much not the law because in 1988, in the Supreme Court case of NCAA versus Tarkanian, uh, the Supreme Court determined that the NCAA is not a state actor, even though about 50% of their members are sponsored by state governments. What that means is like University of Michigan is a public university. That means they're a state actor. That's why they're bound by things like Title IX. That's why they're bound by federal law. That's why. Um, you know, that, that's very important when it comes to violating 
due process rights, you know? And um, because the Supreme Court said that the NCAA is not a state actor for constitutional law purposes, um, they're not subject to due process. Due process meaning, uh, you know, the right that you have to be heard when you feel, when you've been, when, you're, when your rights have been violated. And so um, it all comes down to the hearing and appeals process that the NCAA blesses these employees and these members would and allow them to have because under the law they're not required to actually give them any sort of due process and um and you know so the supreme court said that just because a state actor chooses to adopt the ncaa rules that doesn't make them a state actor now what's interesting there is that the supreme court didn't address the fact that it's not just adopting the ncaa's rules they can't be a part of this this whole athletic scheme, unless they adopt the rules, which also significantly hampers funding and things like that that come to their colleges and universities. And so it's kind of like a catch-22. It's like, well, they're choosing to adopt the NCAA rules, but it's like, are they really choosing, though? They don't really have a choice. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what what can you do? Right. So that's interesting there um, to kind of give, again, like a little bit of a sneak peek, though, into when we get to we get into our NIL episodes. Um, in 2021, the Supreme Court did rule that the NCAA is not exempt from antitrust laws, though. Um, so, you know, that means that they are not exempt from uh, interfering with a fair market, um, monopolies, that sort of thing, if you've ever heard anything like that. And it's uh, specifically from, uh, what is it, Section 1 of the Sherman Antitrust Act. Um which my friend Julita will be very excited to hear about because she loves antitrust law. Maybe I need to get her on for that. Uh, Ooh, that'd those be episodes. fun. I, you know, she's, I, she's, that'd be she's fun. an attorney and she's big into antitrust, uh, antitrust law. I might need to, to Julita, this is my official request that, that maybe you come on for one of these. NIL I've, got, episodes. I, I've got questions. I want answers. We want some answers, but um, yeah, they basically said, the Supreme Court said that the rules limiting education related compensation that colleges and universities can provide student athletes violate the Sherman Antitrust Act. So that's where NIL comes into it. So there is some oversight of the NCAA, a little bit in some things, but when it comes to, you know, everything that governs the coaches, the players, their contracts, how all of this works, the creation of conferences like Big Ten, Big Ten and their bylaws and their membership and all of that. It's really coming down to just business law, contract law. There's not uh, there's not really that much to, to make them change what they want to do. And, and I find that as a lawyer, just from the legal side, a very interesting Um a little hard for me to conceptualize sometimes because like we said, there is just this mixture of state actors, non-state actors. We're seeing state legislatures now make laws mostly regarding like NIL and like everything that's coming from that and everything with the Supreme court. Anyways, um, just to throw that out there about just the legal side of things that, that is, that is very interesting to me yeah. that they have all of this power, all of this, all of this money, that they generate, which is, again, I'm bringing up the student athletes. That's, that's what it comes down to. That's who makes this right. None of this would exist without the student athletes to have so little oversight <laughs> from an outside body, from a, an, a, an actual legal body, one that is recognized by the United States constitution, right? To have so little oversight when you're dealing with these student athletes, with these, the NCAA can just completely change their lives 150%. And it's just, oh, yeah. it's, it's wild to me to try to figure out. And I see why things like NIL are coming out, why there's now been challenges to give more protections and more um, rights when it comes to the students. But man, this, this has been an interesting deep dive. And I know that yeah. this specifically affects a coach. I know that this is specifically about Harbaugh. I know that this deals with like, yes, we see that there were rules violated and all of that. Um, but once you do this deeper dive and really peel back the layers, you start to realize, damn, this has set up something crazy. Like, Yeah. And, and, you know, I think uh, I was having a conversation today. I was, I was t- saying, yeah, we're going to talk about, you know, Michigan stuff and NCAA. And the guy I was talking to said, man, NCAA is not going to exist in a couple of years. 
And that's a that's an honest thought from some sports fans with these super conferences, right? The Big Ten is moving to eighteen teams, right? You have the SEC, uh, already the best, you know, mo- you know, the best, right? The most powerful conference in the country, adding Oklahoma and Texas to uh, blue bloods uh, in in the football um, uh, world, and that potentially, right? Those conferences could come together and say, "Hey, we don't need the NCAA. What do we need the NCAA for?" That is a great point because as I was reading through their bylaws, as I was thinking about that structure that I laid out, that top down when it comes from NCAA down to the university, I was sitting here wondering, what does the Big Ten need the NCAA for at this point? And also, what if they start dropping schools? Big Ten, absolutely. I mean, Big Big Ten can negotiate their own TV contracts. The big, it's all uh, contract law. It's all it's, not- it's contracts. So uh, there there is a and it is um, and it's a thing. That, uh, you know, college football is never going to be the same. Uh, it, it has changed over the last couple of years. NIL is a part of it. The, the, these super conferences that are going to happen. Uh, college football as we know it is uh, that, that we knew it. It's, it's, it's gone. It's dead. And we're moving into a very different thing where, you know, we, we are talking about athletes who have now, right, uh, everybody is a good athlete. Everybody grew up playing. Everybody's been training where in years past, it was like, man, that guy's really good. It's like, yeah, cause he was the only athletic one. Everybody else just like, you know, dicked around, whatever. But like now, now, because it, there is so much money and we're back to money involved. Um, I mean, you go look, I mean, go look up any top schools, weight room training facility, right? Go, yeah. go, go look at it, right? Look at what they're doing. Look at the services they're providing. Now they are trying to set these kids up for you know, future success and that's great, but it's also their success that they're focused on as well. And if it gets to a point where the NC, they feel like the NCAA is inhibiting uh, them. I, I, I honest, I could see them basically creating their own new governing body and, and leaving uh, the NCAA in the dust. Yeah, I, I could totally see that happening because the more I dug into it, I was like, what is tying this together besides a contract at a good old boys club? I mean, really, quite honestly, yeah. um, you know, I I wasn't familiar before we started talking about this when we started just talking casually about what was going on with the University of Michigan. And I, I wanted to do a deeper look into it and see what sort of legal teeth they really had in there, especially just knowing what I know about universities. I know that, you know, like you, a university can, can be held liable for um, a public, public college university could be held liable for free speech violations, you know, all kinds of constitutional law violations. It is a little different um, because, you know, the Supreme court has made distinctions when it comes to different educational settings, but even, you know, even in public high schools, there's free speech rights, you know, again, that free first amendment law is a whole can of worms y'all that I'm not even going to get into. So just know that I'm painting this with the broadest of brushes. There's so many nitpicky things. All I'm saying is that it's not equal, but there is some presence of those constitutional protections and beyond not violating title nine and, you know, things like that. When it comes down to all of this, yeah, the big 10 and, and, these universities, they can, they can kind of do whatever they want to do as long as they, yep. the as long as it's a valid contract. Um, which I mentioned briefly to you, I know that um, there. I, I wonder, and I kind of struggle with this too about how some of these contracts with these student athletes aren't considered unconscionable, mm-hmm. which is a whole legal term that basically means like that contract ain't no good mm-hmm. <laughs> because of lack of bargaining power, because the other party, you know, the, the many different factors. Yeah. And um, I honestly uh, just triggered myself because unconscionability was the topic for my first year of law school legal methods course and i swear to god we all wanted to die after that um but it is a real thing it is a real concern and so i i just i'm just baffled (laughs) at how little oversight there is uh for these students so you know at the end of the day uh you know the game does have to be you know played on the field um if you have an unfair advantage because you're doing some unfair 
stuff, you should probably get in trouble for it. So we'll probably have an update in like three years when the NCAA finally finishes their investigation. <laughs> uh, but no, I, it, this is uh, and with with everything that we're going to talk, uh, you know, all our topics on this podcast, if there's updates and things, uh, we will give those, those quick updates. Uh, yeah, be, especially with this case. I mean, you've got, um, you know, obviously he's suspended for the rest of the regular season, which includes this uh, tomorrow uh, when they play at Maryland and next week uh, when Ohio State uh, comes to town. Uh, this does not uh, – those are both Big Ten games. So the Big Ten felt like they could suspend him. This does not include potential college football playoff games or a bowl game. Um, so so he will be back. He's also with the team. I, I guess I want to say it too. He just can't be there on game day. Um, that is that is what he is – he is – he went – he is in – he went with the team. He's with the team. He just won't be at the stadium. Uh, so, so there's that as well, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with it. Uh, it's definitely a wild case one that, uh, we have not seen this level, um, of spy uh, tactics and sign stealing used, um, uh, in the NCAA. We have seen it in the NFL, uh, before, but we've never seen it here. It's very interesting. Um, and yeah, man, it's just some kids playing football and we're getting way too serious with it. So, I mean, <laughs> maybe we're not serious enough. Maybe that's Ooh. the problem. Actually, everybody's not taken seriously. Absolutely. Um, but I think that wraps up. Ah, oh, crap. I hit my cell phone down. I know that's okay. a mess of the sound earlier. Hopefully it's it didn't okay. reverberate all out just now. Um, that did it too, but you, you literally just said a thing you did, then you just did a thing that was even louder. Oh my god. Oh my I gotta god. fix my mic, y'all. Um, I think that's it for this conversation about you for now, until we get to like you said, three years from now about yep. University of Michigan, or you know, something else crazy comes out just like, ah, right, now it's found out this they were stealing I don't know. They were stealing the team's lunches. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> something crazy. Um, and I was trying to think what I wanted to do for our pop culture moment. Ah, yes. Yes. I've been doing Bring my that. studying, watching early 2000s music videos. You've been so watching so early forward. 2000s music videos. All right. Just trying All to prepare. Right. Just trying to prepare myself. Okay. Um, so if y'all don't remember, or if you didn't see our last episode, I like to quiz Taylor on pop culture at the end of our little episodes because Taylor, for some reason, despite being about the same age as me, seems to have slept through a lot <laughs> of things that we've experienced. Uh, I just had very <laughs> specific tastes when I was younger. I don't know. All right. What you got? Okay. What I have is what everybody has been talking about. Um, <laughs> there is an artist a hip-hop artist who okay. just released a brand new album it is his first album i mean i don't even know in how long um and i want to see if you can guess who it is based on this clue so he was part of a rap duo okay Okay. And they did make a song on their sixth studio album that featured a band and was giving like like a nod, like a cultural nod to a uh, a college band playing on a football field. That's where the football comes in. It's oh, very God. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Okay, so so okay, so this is a one of the artists from the duo mm -hmm. doing a solo. They had at minimum six studio albums, so they had to have been pretty successful. You I will also think. give you this hint: okay. they were the first artist to ever go platinum. The first artist to ever go platinum? Oh my god! Um. Okay. Uh, or excuse me. I don't know why I said platinum. Not platinum. Platinum is a step below. They were the first artist 
I believe, first hip-hop artist, I think, to go Diamond. Oh. If I'm not mistaken. Oh. Okay. Diamond. Uh, I'm going to be honest. This is uh, incredibly difficult. Um because you would think uh, someone apparently this well-known and famous, I would totally know like, oh, that's absolutely so-and-so. And for the life of me, there's only two duos um, popping into my brain. Uh, and that is Casey and Jojo. That is popping into my brain. I don't believe it's them. Um, uh, three actually, no, because I just thought of the Yin Yang twins, they slipped in there as well. They were whispering <laughs> in my ear. Oh, see? <laughs> oh, oh look at you, right. look at you knowing that I'm, reference. I'm gonna, that's all I know. I'm gonna, my guess, my official guess is gonna be uh, one of the guys from Tag Team, um, that had whoop, there it is, uh, released a solo album. That's that, that's my guess. Uh, I don't feel super confident in it, but, uh, I'm gonna go with it. Yeah, you were wrong. It's Andre 3000 from Outkast. Oh my god. Also, I may have lied. Apparently they weren't the first to go down. I don't know what I looked up earlier. That's okay. I that makes no, no, no I mean, it just, but, well, I mean, they're famous enough and popular enough to go all the way diamond. Oh, oh yeah. my god. Wait, what's, what song did they have that featured a band? So, um, have you ever heard of Morris Brown? I No, I don't know who Morris Brown is. Okay. So, Morris oh, no. Brown College um, is a, a, a it's, it's an HBCU, an HBCU in Atlanta, uh, very famous. They, they, it was the very first, very first educational institution in Georgia to be owned and operated entirely by black folks. Okay. And, um... If I'm not mistaken, they did go defunct uh, due to funding issues, and they're now being brought back. Okay, if I'm not mistaken. Private Methodist um, historically black. So yeah, that's Morris Brown, and so Outcast has a song called Morris Brown, and they like their whole shtick with this was that they had a uh, like. I think it was like the whole album where they had like a, a college band and I'm going to find the name of the album. See, I should know this because I'm the one who gave you the trivia. Yeah, how come? Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know. Also, that's uh, so Andre 3000 is new music. Well, that's well, that's exciting. Is he going to is he going to create us uh, another song that's going to live on forever and you're going to hear it every day on Pop Rocks? On, uh, so apparently Sirius this album is super different and he plays a flute. I have not listened to it yet. <clears throat> okay. You know? And for those of you looking, um, um, blue, n new, new blue sun. Is this new blue sun is the album. So you can go, um, listen to it now, wherever you listen to, uh, the first, Hold on a minute. Yeah, so what the is song this? the first uh, the first song is I swear I really wanted to make a rap album. What is wait, hold on. Yeah, it's very I, different. Okay. It's very different. Okay. Um but yeah, the song that they had that was Morris Brown, it's named uh after the Morris Brown College and it okay. features the Morris Brown College marching. You ready for it? Wolverines. <laughs> <laughs> See if I had just I brushed up on my uh, HBCU marching band names, I would have absolutely remembered that that is who that is. And yeah, okay. I so think, uh, I, I think I, I think the ghost of Morris Brown is upset because my light over there is now blinking. I have upset. I have upset Morris Brown, and I apologize See, to him. That's the whole thing. So. Took a minute to get there because I got way down the rap. I, I forgot to like make my cute little path like I did for you last time all the way to Wolverines because I was like trying to figure out what it is, what award they got. Yeah. Because I'm not, it was something, but it wasn't platinum, it wasn't diamond. I have no idea, but I hope Outcast did get some kind of good ass award because Outcast is an amazing hip hop duo. But oh no, Outcast, no Outcast, and I don't know why I didn't think about them Man. being a duo. I don't, I don't know, I don't know why. I God, that's that's honestly yeah. big boy and Andre three thousand. A little, you know. a little, a little embarrassing. Uh, that's on okay. Speaker box you know level low. So good, double album. Such a good double album. 
Do you know what you can do to make up for it later? What what is that? You can shake it like a Polaroid picture. Oh my god, I'm gonna end I'm I'm in control of ending this podcast and I am absolutely going to. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you so much for joining us uh, for the second episode of Illegal Moves. If there is a particular topic you'd like to see us cover, uh, throw it in the comments wherever you are listening to this, which is either YouTube or Spotify, because it's the only two places that um, we're going to upload it. So it better be one of those. I hope we get some more exciting comments on this one, uh, like we did on the first episode uh, on YouTube. Uh, that would be so great. That would be absolutely fantastic. So uh, looking forward to to chatting with y'all there. Uh, Liz, uh, thank you again. I know this was a, this was really a lot of sports, a lot yeah. of sports. Uh, but it was but very some, interesting. Some very different legal stuff so uh yeah, yeah we'll, we'll be back with you um uh next week uh, more like although i don't know we may take off for thanksgiving i don't know what you do for thanksgiving i do nothing but watch football and then sit at home all day so um i'll probably be doing that but uh we'll have another episode to, uh, coming to you very soon uh liz thank you again appreciate it thank you taylor all right thanks guys we'll talk to you soon